Good day, listeners. Today's interview is to an old friend of mine, Lady Amon Angelisa from Cape Town. Good day, listeners. Today we will be chatting to Lady Amon Angelisa from Cape Town, a student of uh, pagan spirituality and a child of the goddess and God. I've known her since around about 2009 when she became a member of the SAPC. Amon, we've chatted so many times over the course of the years, but I've never asked you what is the meaning of your name? First of all, I want to say thank you so much for this opportunity. This is the first podcast I've ever done, so I'm super excited. And I want to say welcome to all those listening. So my pagan name, that came about through many hours of research done many years ago, many moons ago, um, at a very young age. I wanted to choose a pagan name that embodied what I see as paganism, which to me is balance. So I chose a god and goddess, Amon being uh, the god of creation, and Laisa or Isis being the goddess of moon and magic. And then I chose my very first nickname that I had as a child, Angel, in the center. So what that is to me is the balance of God and Goddess and us as humans, that we're all part of a very beautiful pagan structure. So that's where it's from. When I met you, you were the High Priestess of the Sacred Grove in Cape Town. Is the coven still up and running? Sacred Grove Temple is very much up and running, although we have now moved online. Many of our members, including myself, have had to move. Um, Some members have even moved overseas. So it's a way for us to be able to still come together in a sacred place to celebrate our Sabbaths and to teach and learn from each other and be a sacred spiritual family still. And now, especially during this pandemic, it's a way for us to be able to remain grounded and connected to each other during this very difficult time. Could you please tell our listeners what your spiritual background is, that is where you come from, and how you currently practice your craft? My spiritual background reaches back to when I first discovered paganism as a teenager, 
So once again, many moons ago, <laughs> I heard about paganism first from people who approached me whilst I was shopping at Green Market Square. That's quite the throwback for any of those who remember Green Market Square from Cape Town. Um, I started reading about paganism and back then I didn't have an internet connection so I spoke to people, read books and that's how it started. I started my first little um, coven as I called it back then with a group of girls. We used to go out into the mountains and find a, a safe spot and, and do our rituals out there. I then took on more structured studies through various schools of, of pagan study and that just grew into what I have today which is a very solid background of research, study and practice which I now use every day. And that's actually how I practice my craft. It's every single day. It's giving thanks for everything that I have. It's admiring the world around me. It is not just celebrating the Sabbaths, but appreciating every single second of every single day. Whether it's just performing a blessing for somebody or healing somebody or just blessing my food and giving thanks for the fact that I have food. It's something that I've embodied. It's part of who I am. It's very much a life path, not just something that you do on a, a set day of the year. My spiritual background, as I said, included a few structured courses provided by specific churches, pagan churches. It included initiation, it included reverency, it included ways that they believed is the right way to be a pagan. The reason why I studied a few different belief systems is because I've always been eclectic in nature, whether it be the clothes that I wear, the art that I create, the books that I read, and I wanted to find something that resonated with my spiritual soul, not just something that I had to learn like a parrot and read off a piece of paper. It had to be something that was my spiritual song, if I can call it that. Something that, if asked, I'd be able to perform without thinking. And that's what has led me to where I am today. I don't teach a structured course. I don't have initiations and such. That works for some people, it doesn't work for me. I found that in the stage that I have, the stage that I'm in in my life now, 
I find inspiration from many walks of life, from many people in my life. And I prefer being true to myself than true to somebody else's way. So what I do now is I encourage people to ask questions and I answer the best way I can. Whether it be what do I think spirituality is or why is there wicker? Why is there hedge wicker? Why is there witches? What is the difference between a sartre and wicker, etc.? Asking questions is where we find our truth. So, what I love about Facebook now is that, especially now during the pandemic, people have flooded online media, social media, to find some form of an interaction with other human beings because especially during the first few weeks we weren't even allowed out of our homes except for essential shopping etc. Um, so now I find I'm being approached by more and more people just searching for their truth. So that's what I'd like to encourage people to do is find the path that suits them where it be paganism or not there's no right or wrong way I believe I think too much emphasis is put on having to have a red candle and a vanilla incense and a green robe to do a ritual I found that my magical workings have as much or even more of a profound outcome when I'm just true to myself and speak from my heart and concentrate on the most important thing which is the working not what you're wearing and I think that's what makes online rituals so special as well is that it's not a fashion parade it's not about who has the prettiest athame it's about joining a group of people who have the same energy, who have the same message in mind, who have or are looking for 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 answers or, or for, for energy working or just to celebrate. And what they put in is what they get out. Back in 2008-2009, Luke Martin and myself published a coffee table book entitled Celebrating South African Paganism, a beautiful bouquet of photos of pagans from all different backgrounds, the different groups, the different individuals, basically a celebration and her, a, a chunk of South African pagan history. Um, I remember that you submitted a whole lot of photographs of beautiful altar arrangements as well as yourself you know framed by the moon um, a hand and dagger in chalice etc beautiful photos but you'd like to tell us a little bit more about those photographs and how you happen to have all of them you know in order to uh, contribute towards our endeavor 
2009. <laughs> Quite a ways back. I remember that. I sent you those photos. Those were taken from various rituals that we used to do. Wow, um, memories. I love taking photographs after rituals completed. Um, it just reminds me of the day and brings back memories of what was experienced. Um, I take great pride in putting together the altar for the ritual and um, yeah, to me it's, it's, a, it's a way to look back at the beautiful magic that we've created. A couple of months ago, you held an online ritual for one of our online festivals, you know, during this uh, period of COVID. Tell me, was it well supported and would you consider doing it again? The last online ritual that we did was for Beltane. Um, it was the first publicly advertised online ritual so I wasn't expecting too many participants because obviously it's a first um, the people that attended it was just magical I usually find that whoever attends is meant to be there it's not about how many people attend but who attends in fact, my favorite part of the ritual was afterwards when we spent, I think it was four and a half hours just chatting. Um, great friendships have been made and I definitely consider it a success. I definitely want to do more online rituals in the future. Um, I will advertise them publicly on Facebook. A lot of people have found that they prefer ritual in person. I find online rituals to be even more beautiful because it doesn't matter where you are situated in the world. That connection is still real. It's still very much felt. What is your favorite festival in the Wheel of the Year? And could you explain to us why it is your favorite? My favorite festival, it's difficult to answer. If you had asked me 20 years ago, I would have, without a doubt, without a hesitation, said Sawin, because, of course, who doesn't love a great dresser party? <laughs> Not only that, but it's also a way for you to acknowledge those that have passed before you and not just mourn but then celebrate their life. I find that very beautiful and very cathartic. Now I would have to say every single one. They are all so beautifully symbolic. They all represent something so dear and near to us. Um, the passing of the seasons, celebration of the harvest, it's very, very difficult for me to choose. Um, in bulk for me is very important because my patron goddess, Brigitte, 
Um, she is the goddess of light, so in bulk would be a great way for me to celebrate her specifically. Obviously, I love Yule because it's winter. I love winter. Um, but all of them just are so very important and so very beautiful in their own very unique way. I hope you've read or watched the movie The Mists of Avalon because I'd like to find out from you what was the most moving part for you in that entire movie. There have been a few pagan orientated movies over the decades but I must say Mists of Avalon is definitely one of my favourites. Although I do prefer the books by Marion Zimmer Bradley, I would recommend them in a heartbeat. Okay, my favorite part in the movie, I think it must be when Vivian, um, who's played by Angelica Houston, goddess, of course, um, she says to Morgane, who's played by Juliana um, Margulies, I think it's pronounced, she says, the goddess holds all things in balance, good and evil death and rebirth, the predator and the prey. Without her, destruction and chaos will prevail. I just find it profoundly beautiful and magical. Um, life as we know it is held together in a very delicate balance. When that balance is threatened, the result is chaos. Celebrating the Goddess and God to me is a way of recognizing the magic of the balance of all things. So I find what she says very profound. My lady, could you explain to us what the Wiccan read is and what the injunction do what ye will yet harm ye none means. What a role does it play in your craft um, as well as its overall meaning? Thank you. The Wiccan Read was written by Doreen Valiente um, as a moral guideline. As pagans, we don't have laws. We don't have a book that we run our lives from or that dictates our spirituality. We have teachings that have been passed down from generation to generation over centuries. Um, Lest ye om none do ye will is something that's very near and dear to my heart. It's something that I try and live my life by and it's difficult. It basically means that do whatever you want as long as you do not harm anyone and that spiritually morally psychologically physically magically do no harm now obviously if you take that to an extreme that's something that would be quite impossible because I'm sure just stepping out of your doorway you are going to trample on an ant it's not about that it's about not hurting the people around you in any way, not manipulating anybody around you in any way, 
performing every single act, whether by word or by magic, only with love. In fact, every single magical working I have ever done or will ever do, the last thing I always say is, so mote it be as long as no harm comes to anyone, including myself. Sometimes we can hurt people with only best intentions to help them. It's something that we can do by mistake. So I always include that at the end of every single working just to make absolutely sure that the magic that you're putting out into the universe can only bring love and healing. Amon, what do you understand by sacred sexuality? And do you think that there's a place for it in the craft? Sacred sexuality to me is the act of being the love you want to see in the world. It is one of the purest forms of giving and receiving love using sex as a vehicle. The result is very raw, very powerful um, energy that can bring about deep healing and spiritual growth. Sacred sexuality usually refers to tantric sex, which dates back over 5,000 years. Um, and it's described as a way to combine a sexual experience with the spiritual. Even BDSM, when practiced safely, can be used as a conduit to raise energy and reach a higher state of spiritual consciousness and can create the most deeply intimate connection with your partner. Sex and sexual pleasure has been modernized into a sinful act or something that is dirty or wrong or something that you shouldn't talk about, especially if you're a woman. I personally found that this idea tied in very deeply to my lack of self-esteem and negative sense of sexuality kneeling at my partner's feet in submission without reserve especially in ritual as part of the fivefold kiss has been one of the moments in my life where I have felt the most beautiful and powerful any action when done from a place of love especially something as intimate as sex is an amazing way to tap into primal emotion which can be used as a very powerful focus for raising energy. It can be likened to dancing or chanting or making music. Anyone can stand around and recite words in a ritual. Attend a ritual where people are dancing around a fire to the sound of drumming and chanting and you'll quickly feel the difference. When the whip is raised, when leather, scourge, and cane strike against covered or naked flesh, we stand before a stage, a stage in which ritual unfolds. This is 
postmodern witchcraft in which flagellation is part of an initiatory ordeal, an opportunity for healing and transcendence, energy generation and ecstatic trance. How do you use BDSM for healing and all of the above mentioned? I can only speak for myself and for others moments that I've been privileged to experience. Severe trauma, especially that experienced as a child, I feel embeds itself in our bones. No amount of therapy or pills could address the deepened sadness, fear and absolute nightmare which became so much part of me that I quickly lost all self-worth. My power had been taken away from me in the most grueling of ways and throughout my teens and into adulthood I continued to make wrong decisions especially with partners and relationships. I found myself drawn to narcissists who regaled in feeding off this endless deep pit that was my self-esteem. Being in a constant state of self-doubt and fear, I think is the cruelest form of torture. With BDSM, I found a freedom from this torture, specifically in a spiritual sense. I've spoken about this to people before who have laughed at the idea of pain being pleasurable, um, jokes about being whipped and slapped and you know the whole Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, BDSM is not just about pain, that's only one way to experience it. The ultimate goal is pleasure and ultimately release. And that release for me has been of a healing nature. In a spiritual setting where parties enter with nothing but love, the energy is raised, then focused, and all negativity is set free. I have experienced both sides of the coin where I've submitted and dominated, and both have been equally rewarding. As a dominant, being the conduit for another's healing in such an intimate way has been such a privilege. Helping and then witnessing someone as they finally release deep-seated anger, doubt, betrayal, hurt, fear or loss is something very profound. Look, there are many ways in which to raise energy. Not every method will be for you. When you find the one that really works for you, the work that you can do as therapy for yourself or for someone else is the kind of magic that I want to be part of. Sacred sexuality is not for the faint-hearted, but it's something that if you're interested in and you wish to experience, 
please just do your research ask a lot of questions and then proceed safely only if you have perfect love and perfect trust from both sides Lastly, but not least, is there any particular message you would like to give to the pagan community regarding Pagan Freedom Day Online and uh, the various festivals that we've been holding online on Facebook? Well, first of all, I want to say to everyone involved with the South African Pagan Council and with Pagan Freedom Day, thank you so much for the hard work and the dedication that you have. Having that online presence, having the online spiritual presence is truly important, especially now when we are separated because of this terrible pandemic. It's not just a place where you can see when the next online ritual is or um, read a, a wonderful pagan magazine it's also just a place to be able to belong to feel connected to each other and I find that very beautiful with regards to the online festivals I would really recommend that everyone please contribute obviously things like this can only work when many people contribute because it's an energy work we're working magic online just because we are separated doesn't mean that we cannot come together and unify and be part of each other's lives i'm going to be posting online rituals others will be as well and i think especially for Pagan Freedom Day, it's very important that we come together and acknowledge how far we've come, especially in South Africa as pagans. Having freedom of spirituality, freedom of religion, is truly a blessing. And it's something that still today, not many people have in their countries. We are truly blessed, we are truly lucky and I look forward to seeing you guys online. Lady Amon and Elisa, thank you so very much for having given up some of your time and for consenting to this interview. Bless you, bless you and your loved ones and um, happy Maybon and Pagan Freedom Day Online. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great fun. I hope to do this again in the future, if possible. Um, I just want to wish you and everyone a very happy Mabon. And please stay safe. Please stay healthy. And I wish you with love and light. Blessed be. That, dear listeners, was an interview with Lady Amon Angelisa from the Sacred Grove in Cape Town. Keep your eyes and your ears open for a possible second podcast sometime in the near future. 
take good care of yourselves, stay healthy, and happy Maybon.